Welcome travelers. I'm Josh. I'm Glenn. And I'm Lee Wanika. And this is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your not-so-humble guides on the quest for RPG adventures. Here at Tabletop Journeys, we are all devoted role players and storytellers at heart, and we absolutely love sharing our passion with you. On our show, we feature diverse tabletop RPG systems, demonstrating them through actual plays and breaking down the rules to provide you with tips, tools, and techniques to help you navigate them. We also love bringing the content creators behind these games into the studio to give you a peek behind the curtain with relevant and insightful interviews. Let us help you get the most out of your story, no matter what game world or system you're playing. Because detailed settings, heroic characters, diverse NPCs, and a focus on story over rules can make any campaign legendary. Here's a message from friends of the show. What up, Nerd Nation? Steve here from the Dads with Nerdy Ambitions podcast, or DNA for short, your go-to podcast for all things nerd culture. You want to know fun facts about the latest movies? Done. Interested in a new hobby? We've got you. Have questions and want to hear from the experts? Say no more. Join me and my crew every week to hear about our latest takes on everything nerdy and go on a few tangents on the Dads with Nerdy Ambitions podcast, where we know it's not just a hobby, it's hereditary. Welcome, everybody, to tonight's episode. What is going to be our final episode of 2023, year three of the Tabletop Journeys podcast, coming to a close this year with our year in review, where we're going to take a minute to go back through what we did on our show in 2023, what happened in the tabletop role-playing game space in 2023. Not that there was a lot of news, but a couple of small things happened here and there. But, But as always, joined with my erstwhile irreplaceable co-hosts, Mr. Glenn Myers, Mr. Lee Wanika Miller. Gentlemen, I hope that you are having a fantastic evening. How are you? How the hell are you? I am doing quite well. This past weekend has been great. Got a lot done. Great work done on the on the Factions project. Great planning work for December's Patreon game. I'm going to be running Everyday Heroes. I'm not sure about the exact release date of this. It may have just happened or it might just about to happen. Not exactly sure yet. We just put out the poll. So I won't know when that game is going to take place mm. until... Production schedules can be time you, y'all. Yeah, yeah <laughs> very much. And I think anybody listening to the show over the last couple of weeks will figure that out because there's episodes from when we first got back from a Catacon or before we went to a Catacon that came out after other episodes that were recorded significantly after Catacomb. Yeah, it's been a little timey-wimey. Well, but- this episode's going to come out the Friday before Christmas, and we're recording it the, the first week of December. Here. It is looking like the Everyday Heroes game will have already ran by the time this episode <laughs> goes to air. Oh, man, I hope y'all had afterwards. a great time. 
It ought to be good, but fear not, folks. Tabletop Journeys will be revisiting Everyday Heroes at some point in 2024. I will absolutely be running. I've got two separate events running at TotalCon in February, for those of you in uh, shouting distance or gaming distance of New England. So TotalCon in Marlboro, Mass, February 2024. I'll have two tables there for that. Planning continues. So this will be my first time running Everyday Heroes, and I'm really getting excited about it. I am. I am also hoping to be at TotalCon. I'm maybe. I'm. A, I am a firm maybe at this point. So, yeah, having just I'm come back from maybe. a catacon, <laughs> having just come back from a catacon, um, I need to. Yeah, I'll be down in Virginia <laughs> Beach, so it'll be. I may not make it back up for TotalCon, but yeah, yeah. I'm also doing well. It's been uh, crazy getting through the post Thanksgiving weeks. <laughs> the thing about your intro that really stuck me and hit me hardest was yes. Three years, man. Three and freaking how years. how surreal right. that felt when you said it. Because yeah. in some ways, it feels like we've been doing this forever. I don't. I almost don't remember when we weren't meeting all the time and talking about these things. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but in a lot of other ways, it really just feels like we just started still. It's strange to think that it's been three whole years and we're still going strong. I love it. If I can add on to that for just a second, too, I think that... This year included, but we have been very lucky over the course of these three years to do some really great, cool things. There are several examples that kind of come up all the time, but I think of some of the interviews that we were able to do when we had James Intercasso on the show, when we had the guys from Accidental Cyclops running the real thing. Like they were back again this year talking about the next books that they sent to to Backer Kit this year. All that sort of stuff. Some really, when we spoke with James Hake just a couple of weeks ago, that's Mm. like some really... Some interviews that you know, we have been punching above our weight for a really long time, and we still continue to be able to go ahead and do it. So I guess at some point, maybe the imposter syndrome will go away, and I'll feel maybe we actually, no. we're actually able to go ahead and, and we deserve this. We're okay. But some really great stuff we've been able to do over the course of these three years. And putting a podcast together is a lot of work. But it's also a lot of fun. Even to, like when we met like Autumn and Jared from from coaches from coaches with dragons, right? Like just a yep. really cool show that you don't hear all the time. You don't hear that kind of a show in the CTRPG space. So I really think not often enough. We've been able to do some really cool things in the space that I'm really proud of. So yeah. But three years, yeah. I How agree. crazy is that? How crazy is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think about the three years that we've been through and all the stuff we've done, and we're going to talk about a lot of the things we did in this particular year. But over the course of that time, I think, without a doubt, some of our interviews have really wowed me, moved me. Like, I am a better person for some of the conversations we've been fortunate enough, blessed enough, worked hard enough to get during the course of these three years. I think about our conversations with the Marvelous Madams and our collaborations with the Marvelous Madams. Even though their show is not on, I still communicate with them on a somewhat regular basis. For sure, yeah. The work that Chris does is just amazing. And I I share her page frequently with women in my life who I feel would benefit from her knowledge and her expertise. Totally. Uh, similarly with the coaches and dragons, like just those types of things, those types of conversations are important. Our conversations with folks in the LGBTQ community and getting their perspective and, and being able to be allies to those causes are important yep. to me as a person and have been 
instrumental in my growth as a person. That didn't stop in 2023. It has only continued. And uh, I look forward to even do even better things and more things in 2024. Yeah, totally agree. So let's start with uh, with where 2023 began. This is when this was where Wayne's World, you'd hear that right, and music as, a, as we go back in time to January of 2023. DJ World, party time. <laughs> Excellent. Exactly, right? Uh, and of course, I, at the end of 2022, welcomed the, the birth of my adorable daughter, Alice, to the world. And then we kind of began with a bang, with the breaking of what became known as the OGL controversy with Wizards of the Coast. We've talked about this a lot on the show. We had several episodes about the OGL controversy. But really what I want to talk about is how that controversy shaped our show for this year. Because we made several several intentional choices and several kind of on-the-fly choices about what our show was going to look like in the wake of the OGL controversy. And I can think of several, but I wanted to go ahead and go to you guys first. Glenn, I see you're shaking your head. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about how our show changed because of the OGL controversy? I've actually come to think of it as the OGL catalyst. Yeah. Because Ooh. honestly... It kicked us into gear for a lot of things we'd been talking about doing. Yep. We based our original show three years ago primarily on D&D 5e. And that was a great time, and we put out some great content and some great material. But in year two, we were really talking about, and by the end of year one even, when we really started experiencing some of the other games through actual plays. Towards the end of year one is when we got to record the Faith No More game. The real yeah. thing. It's also when we got to do Against the Dark Master, Master, and we were really we knew we loved lots of games, and we wanted to bring that into our show. Yeah, but we didn't really know how it was going to happen, and we spent that second year struggling with how to do it. We did bring more in, but not as much as we wanted, and it took the OGL catalyst to kick us in the pants enough to be like, okay, now we're in. Let's figure yeah. out how we're going to reformat our show to cover tabletop games like our name suggests yeah. as opposed to just 5e and i love where we are now and what we look like on the other side of it so go watsy thanks for screwing us i won't go so far as to say that last bit but i will go so far as to say i love the term catalyst because i think that's the best way to positively frame what took place to be fair that didn't even happen in 2023. That happened at the end of 2022. We yep. were dealing with the results of their decision that we found out about in 2022. While in trying to figure out if we could put out our first uh, our, exactly. full <laughs> so Kickstarter was, book that we'd so, already sold and been paid for. <laughs> but absolutely. suddenly the licensing was different. That, were, that was good times. Yeah. So one of the things you mentioned, Glenn, is we had talked at, at throughout 2022 and towards the end of 22 about doing different things. I had specifically already run uh, a one shot for a different 5e game, Black Hat Games, the spy game. Didn't hit everything I wanted to do, but I really did like it. And I knew at that point I had backed Everyday Heroes by the end of 2022. And I knew that was coming out in 2023. And I wanted to be able to play that game. It wasn't out and I wasn't ready and we didn't have all the recording time necessary to do it justice. So that's why it's going to happen in 2024. But I am going to get to play the game with our Patreons this month. 
we knew there were lots of things we wanted to be able to get to. Star Trek was on the list in 2022, but we didn't have the bandwidth. Uh, Everyday Heroes was something we were looking at. There was no way we were going to have the bandwidth. Bringing in other creators and more games, we knew they were, we wanted them on the list, but we didn't know where that space was coming from. So what the catalyst did for us was give us the open air. We put out almost a solid month of Star Trek content. Really got to know the creators and the creative minds behind a bulk of the Star Trek content, which was an amazing experience, a growing experience, friendships that are growing even to this day. Well, and we'll I feel see like more. we're part of the Star Trek community through DS, absolutely, honestly. And we're gonna and we're gonna see more from that community and more from the 2D20 system in 2024 as well. So I think. You're right. It was a catalyst. It opened doors. It gave us the mm-hmm. bandwidth to do more of what we originally set out to do. It was a conscious decision to not put D&D in the title of this show. And what we didn't know was how to realize that in our first year. Sure. In year two, we had an idea of how to do that, but we were struggling with putting all the pieces and parts to make that machine work. And right. finally, in year three... 2023, we got that thing rolling. We knew where we're going. 2024, I am so excited now that we have a a great idea of how a lot of these things can and will work together. Uh, You're going to see some great things from the show that won't necessarily be at the expense of other games like WotC. We're just going to be able to give more air and more breath to the breadth of games versus one game at a time or two games at a time. And that's what I'm really excited about. Yeah. We learned what we needed to learn over uh, in 2023. And I'm so excited because our audience was with us for that whole ride. Totally. So let's talk a little bit about what 20, what 2024 is going to look like, at least the beginning part a little bit, and how we've how we've taken the lessons that we learned over the past year and how we're going to put them into effect. So the first thing is that our... Star Trek Adventures actual play preservations is going to continue in 2024. There'll be another 10 episode arc for season two. It's not going to start in January. Actually, I think the first recording date is in January. So probably going to air maybe February. It might not be till March, but we'll, it'll be early in 2024 we'll when Star Trek Preservation starts coming back. But it is going to be on a little bit of a break. But don't worry. That's going to come back. It's going to be out on Tuesdays. That's going to be Star Trek Preservations Day all year long, 10 episode arc. Looking forward to that. Build on that a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about how we're going to approach 2024, learning the lessons that we did from 2023, both about what's the kind of content that we want on the show, what are the kind of content that we want to be doing, and what are the kind of things that we want to be doing. And we're going to start rolling out these these model months on the show here, where we're going to go ahead and take a independent creator, invite one onto the show here, and do a, a deep dive into the content that they're doing. So for example, from the Star Trek world, we're bringing friend of the show, Al Spader, on and we're going to be showcasing his game sentience that's going to include a small one-shot actual play featuring us and maybe other players if need be it's going to include an interview with al talking about sentience and it's going to include a deep dive by us into the game book similar to the deep dives that we used to do on tasha's or morton canaan's or any of the other books that came out from wizards of the coast that's basically going to be in january and we also have because their kickstarter uh, is coming out in February. We can be heroes. We'll be doing kind of the same sort of thing with them in February. But the goal is to do five or six of these a year, probably every other month or so. We want to make sure that we're leaving some flexibility for 
breaking news and for other game releases. That's the way that we want to go ahead and shape our Friday episodes. For fans of Star Trek Preservations, fear not Star Trek Preservations Season 2 will be back in 2024. Uh, It's not going to be back right in January uh, because we're not recording the first episode until January, but I would imagine that Star Trek Preservation starts back up again probably in February or March, so stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, in fact, actually, Star Trek Preservation Season 1 is ending this week. Make sure you keep your podcaster of choice pointed at Tabletop Journeys for the thrilling conclusion of Star Trek Adventures Preservation Season 1. And don't worry, uh, our Star Trek Preservations Day is not going away during that break for new episodes. We have some unique content that has been recorded throughout the year, which will also be released during this break in seasons. Think of it as DVD special features or Blu-ray special features. We'll have those coming to you. And there may be some other surprises within that time frame. But like Josh said, Tuesdays is going to be our Star Trek day here at Tabletop Journey. So that's going to continue uh, continue on. Look forward to that. But I like the idea of leaving space around the focused months, just to make sure we can do some of my other favorite things from this year too, because we're talking about the year in review, right? Yeah. And one of the things that I was the most proud of that we did this year that I'd love to be able to make sure we still can make space for is I really enjoyed the two showcased series of interviews we did the one on BIPOC content creators and the second one on female content creators for the respective months honoring them. Those were so fun to do. And we met so many really cool people. So I'm sure you'll see things like that coming into next year as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, when I think back to particularly our, the women in TTRPG month that we did this past year, I think Mm -hmm. that if Kate, Tinius from Of Mice and Men and Monsters wants to come on our show and read the phone book. She is welcome to come back anytime she'd like to because oh that, goodness, that yes. interview was amazing. It was fantastic meeting her and just so much fun. But man, some really. And what an interesting actual play concept basing it off oh, of American yeah. literature. It, totally. It's great. Yeah. Not just American literature, but just classic literature. Basically, right. anything that's in public, public comments is, is fair game. Kate has asked through various social media for other ideas. She asked us when she was on our show. I've been in communication with them on several occasions. It is part of my regular listen. Uh, their way of playing through Metamorphosis was amazing. Oh, uh, man, I didn't hear that and- just brilliant and so brilliant and i think kate will love when she hears this bit so brilliant that the thing i did after i listened to the first part to that or whatever was immediately go by the audiobook as read by benedict cumberbatch Hmm. on audible so that i could go through the the whole book as is and dang it was good like i forgot how good the book was yeah until I saw it play or until I heard it played in an actual play. And that's that's true for most of the stuff they do. It really has reinvigorated my love of classic literature. Many of these stories, I would say with very few exceptions, most of the stories they do I've read already at uh, at some point in the past, Mm -hmm. but I'm happy to reread them because they're that good. Sure. We alluded to this at the beginning of the show, right? We have been very lucky to have some really killer interviews. You think about the interview that we did with Chrissy X talking about Powered by the Apocalypse games. Think about the interview that we did with Jen Sutcliffe talking about Savage Worlds. Really insightful, interesting interviews that and the thing that I love about our interview format is that I won't speak for you guys, but I know for me, like when we do the round by round questions, 
I normally come to that with two or three questions prepared. And I know that of those two or three questions, I'll get to ask one. You two will ask the other two. And then I'll need to go ahead and actually come up with other questions on the fly just well, based on the conversation. If it makes you feel and any, it always happens. The one yeah. question on your list you did get to ask will have also been on my list. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, totally. I get, oh, I get it. I get that I'm not the only one getting snaked here. What I'm saying more is that like having to actually ingest the interview as they're talking to bring right. more questions out of the really interesting things that we didn't even know that's, that they were going to talk about. That's my favorite part is that the right. – Getting them to open up and really say really interesting, insightful things. This year, we got to interview Adam Eason twice, and that man has got so much knowledge in his head about his game world and the ideas that he wants to go ahead and put across. Like, like it's always a learning experience just from a world crafting point of view. That's one of the things I love doing, and so I'm really glad that we're going to be making more space for that next year, too. I can't remember which one of our guests said it, and I believe we had two different guests who said it this year alone, and it has been said about us before, is that, wow, that's a question I've never been asked before, and it's a really good question. Yeah. I think last year, 2022, James Intercaso said that to us. Yeah, which is uh, like the highest I, compliment if, ever. Like, yeah. Ever. Right. But like, I also fold, think it up and we're done, I, yeah. So. Yeah, I also think James Hake might have been the, one of the other folks who said it this year. I'm not 100% on that, but I think it might be the case. But one of the things that I loved about that, and it has to do with our style, with where we do the dice rolling, so we're each asking different questions. You never know who's going to get to ask the first question, is two things. It makes our interviews better because we have to be more engaged. If we each had a list of questions that nobody else had, what would be the need to listen to the answer, Right. So because we are each asking our own questions without sharing who's going to ask what questions, which is something I don't know if the audience knew that about us. Like we don't share. Yeah, we don't questions. coordinate in advance. We don't coordinate <laughs> our, our answers ahead of time because of that. We, we have to be engaged and not have to as in, dang it, I have to be engaged. It's awesome to be engaged because what right. also happens They're more frequently than not is our interviewee will answer a question one of the other questions, even though they were asked a different question, it'll be part of their answer. So it's, you already asked that question. I think I said it in one of the interviews that hasn't aired yet. I think I said it twice. I'm like, I've been snaked by these two before, but I don't think I've ever been snaked by the guest yeah. twice in one interview. It happens to me on the regular. I swear, at least yeah. as much as you two, the, the interviewee will snake me. Yeah. So By answering it in another answer. You know, sure. yeah. So we are more engaged, and I would think – that's one of the reasons why folks like our right. show and like being interviewed on our show because they know they're being paid attention to. I, I hope that happens on every show. I'm sure there are shows where I, we listen to shows where it definitely happens. And if you're ever being interviewed as a podcaster or a content creator, you know when people are paying attention to you or not. You just sense that. And, and sometimes well, it's there. Sometimes it's not. But the reality is when it's there, man, it is awesome. For me, that's one of the things I love about the way we do things. And part of it is truly our style, the way we do things. We don't run a structured interview. And I'm sure that some of our listeners out there during some of our interviews might be sitting there thinking, my God, they could use a little structure. Um, <laughs> but, but we don't run a, a list of questions and try to keep it on yeah. track. We want it to be a conversation, which is yeah. why we need to be engaged. And the fact that because we run it that way means that we snake each other and get snaked so much 
also means that some of our best questions come from material we didn't even know existed before the interview itself, not from something we read in advance, not from their the, the actual pages of their material or product that we got to flip through, but yeah. from the conversation itself. And that'll lead you to some of the greatest questions that we've been able to ask. And it truly has been so great to have those conversations. Yeah. I think the best example of that is when we interviewed Kiana Shaw talking about cyberpunk and their mm. vision on the intersection between cyberpunk games and political activism. It was the <laughs> like I've played Shadowrun for a really long time. I I've I've been yep. into cyberpunk for longer than that. I'm not sure that I had ever really heard anybody conflate those two things in that way. And it was fabulous. Just the, again, just the way that they were able to lay out that tapestry about, of course, cyberpunk is political. There is no doubt that cyberpunk is political. If you don't think that it's political, you're not paying attention kind of thing. Not that they said it that way, but that, right. that was, was like, but yeah, of course it's political. It's absolutely political at its core. It has to be. And it, it, good cyberpunk has to be political, thing one. And, and so I think the other thing, too, is that if you think about some of the interviews that we did that are outside of the normal TTRPG remit, I'm thinking about the interview that we did with, with Jonathan Mendoza early in the year when we were talking about the work that he's doing in role-playing games and psychology and, and like counseling and mental health work. And again, we talked about this earlier with Autumn and Jared talking about Coaches and Dragons and how they're taking they're gamifying professional development and the work that's going on there. Like fascinating stuff and interviews that you just don't that you don't get, right? Like you don't hear that a lot in the tabletop role-playing game space because a lot of times there, there are so many games to go ahead and talk about. There's so much news to go ahead and talk about. It's hard to go ahead and hit everything. And I really like that right. we're able, that we're not afraid to step out of the box and be like, you know what? We're going to do something that's a little weird tonight and that's okay because it's going to be a whole lot of fun. It's going to be really good. I'm really glad that we're able to go ahead and do that. So in terms of kind of other things that happened this year, Glenn, you had alluded to it earlier. We took a big step forward forward in our crowdfunding and content creation work this year. We book number three kickstarted at the end of 2022, very much a and d book subclasses and feats and backgrounds and really comprehensive, a great book. Really proud of that book. And we doubled and tripled down on that work this year and launched our second Kickstarter, the very successful Traveler's Guide to Factions, which is mm -hmm. in writing right now. We're still in progress on it. It's, it's still freshly, freshly in our mind, freshly in, in the fingers here. But I think that if we're peeling back the cover a little bit, and I'm sure that when we talk with Zach Applewhite again and, and go on his show, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about this stuff uh, again too. But we learned a lot from our first Kickstarter. The scope of which of things that we learned our second Kickstarter were things that we didn't even know that we needed to learn for our for our Kickstarter. Like it's like I I, I think we learned more for our second Kickstarter in a variety of capacities, Absolutely. things that we never even worried about for our first Kickstarter. Um, and it was a right. really really eye opening experience to and a one I think was really good for us as a company and for us as uh, content creators to stretch in this way. There were some. There were some long nights where I was looking at the numbers. Mm, uh, did we actually bite off more than we can chew on this one? Did we actually, is this actually going to happen? Uh-oh. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys yeah, felt that anxiety, but I, I certainly lived that anxiety for a little bit. Here at Tabletop Journeys, we've leveled up our game and we're prepared to make your next role legendary. 
We've just started a partnership with FanRoll Dice, and they have over 300 product options to choose from. Gemstone, metal, new liquid core dice, and so much more. Better yet, listeners to the Tabletop Journeys podcast can get 10% off on their orders when they follow the link below and use discount code PODCAST10. A portion of these purchases come back to us, and this is a great way for you to help support the show. Absolutely did. Maybe not at the same time you did, but I felt them at different times. I'm going to backtrack just a shade because you glanced over another thing we did. And it was a much smaller project, but I also think it's critical to the success of the larger project. In the summer of 2023, we also released a much smaller publication on DMs Guild. Of the subclasses of Dragonlance. And Josh is going to put it on camera and I'm going to snag a picture of it once he does. But it's important to note what that meant. Those were classes that were originally developed during the Kickstarter from 2022, but because they were IP focused, we could not release them in that format. So we set those aside. We love Dragonlance here at Tabletop Journeys. And so we wanted to make sure that we did something to celebrate the second of the latest trilogy by Hickman and Weiss. And so our idea was, hey, let's just do a little thing, make sure it goes on DM's Guild, and so we can put that out there. But let's do this as our send-up for these awesome creators that have meant so much in our lives. So a couple big things happened as a result of that. Josh botched your name again. Oh, uh, I, Josh I has will the never book right live here. that. Oh, my. God, show the book while you talk about how you botched it, and I will grab uh, that picture. So, oh. so embarrassing. Like, Miss Weiss, I will never be Keep able holding. to apologize enough for that. Yeah, like, fellow podcasters out there listening to us, let me go ahead and say that if you are trying to get a prestigious, they don't even have to be prestigious, actually. If you're just trying to get a guest on your show, the number one thing that you should do is spell their name correctly when you ask them if they will appear on your show. And if somehow you spell their name incorrectly the first time, make sure that you spell their name correctly the second time that you ask them. Yeah, that that yeah, wasn't that, that was, was not a bear thing. trap that I just stepped in one time. That was a bear trap that I stepped in, got it off of my leg, healed up, stepped back in the damn bear Wait trap. Waited a year, <laughs> stepped in the bear trap again. So and they stepped in that bad boy one more time. Yeah. <laughs> so and You, you know, know what I heard at the time he did like, that? I know these scars taught me something, but I don't quite remember. <laughs> yeah. So let me go make them darker. Yeah. What I heard at that moment was one more time with feeling. Yeah. But yep. yeah, in addition to that, and that's a little that's a little fun story. It is. But in addition to that, we did a couple of very specific things with that project. We really focused on having a unified art style. We re which is something we had not done before. We really focused on elements of the layout. Josh did a fantastic job with the layout on that book. And Thank we you. also took the opportunity to make sure that even though that's something that cannot be sold outside of DMs Guild. So if you do want that, please go to the links that are in the show notes and go right there. Tabletop Journeys on DMs Guild. You'll see all the things that we've had we have on that particular platform. Grab that book. You'll love it. And our, our other projects as well. 
But what we really did want to do is get a proof print so we know how to do printed books. So that was a seed change in our capabilities as a content creation company, as a publishing house. We figured out how to do that. And I say we, but Josh did the heavy lifting on that piece, but we all leaned into the art and how to get the art yeah. uh, direction unified. And that became the driving force behind the big project that we successfully kickstarted. So the look and feel of the of the factions book, the way that was put together, how we were able to produce what will be hardcover printed books. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest and most important steps and strides that Tabletop Journeys took in 2023 was that small project as a send up to our inspirations because it gave us the opportunity, the ability, the capability, and the proof of concept to move forward with what we did in the Factions book and everything we're going to be doing in 2024. And it contains one of the favorite subcat classes, my favorite subclasses that I've written to date, the Oath of the Bright Blades, second only to the College of Correspondence Bard subclass. Those are my top two of the ones that I've written. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of fun working with those subclasses. That was a lot of fun. Those Dragonlance subclasses, I was, I remember when we were going to put them in the subclasses book, and it was a friend of the show, Jimmy Flowers from Splinterverse, who very kindly immediately after launching that Kickstarter promo video said, hey, FYI, you can't put Dragonlance subclasses in a Kickstarter book, which we knew. We understood that and then tried to do it anyway. Just didn't think about it. Anyway, so he very kindly pointed that out. But from the moment that we wrote them, I knew that the Barbarian is really cool. I really enjoyed the Monk subclass that's in there. So all that to say, you're absolutely right, Luanika, that the process that we went through for that Dragonlance book absolutely laid the groundwork for the faction book that we're doing. Like I'm very much a, a preparation, keep things in front of me kind of guy. And if we were going to do a hardcover printed book, I want to know how do I print a book? How do I get a book printed? And so that was absolutely uh, intentional. And so I'm, I appreciate that you're recognizing what my method was on that and going with me on on, on that journey, perhaps. Uh, exactly on that journey perhaps and let's not forget too that there is a third Dragonlance novel coming out this summer I will speak for myself indeed that I would be willing to bet that that the three of us uh, so deeply interested in Dragonlance and invested in the trilogy, perhaps there is more more fruit on the vine, so to speak of things to to come out this year and I think that's one other thing that that we wanted to talk a little bit yeah go ahead wonder know what the lowest hanging piece of fruit on that vine is What's the lowest hanging piece of fruit? Third chance to spell her name right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just never going to live that down. That's just never. That's just never. Just not going to. But if you get her name spelled right, that could be our selling point. It took you three years, but Josh got your name. Please come on. Please come on the show so you can laugh at him with us. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like our ridicule of him is not going to be good enough. We need your help. Yeah. Yeah. Margaret Weiss, we at Tabletop Journeys need you. Yeah. Two, that's what I'm saying. And two, thir- and, and two thirds of us can spell your name. That's It's a new tagline. So it has been, let's make your next role legendary. Now it's Margaret Weiss, two thirds of us can spell your name. But again, the whole thing is that one thing that you are going to see more of this year also is we are most likely going to be doing another big project in the fall. But leading up to that, we also have some plans for some smaller projects. You'll see 
more information about that in the next kind of couple of months here, but we'll be a Make 100 project on Kickstarter. We're going to be doing the crowdfunding platform. Crowdfunder is doing a companion to ZineQuest in February that we'll be putting something together for that. We're looking forward to doing some other smaller publications this year. There's a variety of reasons why we want to get into some smaller publications as well as our Big Bang book probably at the end of the year. And then, but yeah, so we expect to, all that to go ahead and say, expect more content in 2024. That's been something that we've really enjoyed doing and really enjoying talking about. It's uh, fueling some creative energies for all three of us. And so expect to see more of that in 2024. In addition to content in 2023, and we'll probably dig a little bit deeper into our big book and the factions and what's that all about, though we've done some shows and obviously a plethora of appearances on other shows about that. One of the other things that we really branched out and did is much more live appearances as tabletop journeys. Uh, I have gone to a number of local gaming conventions and sat at tables. I go to my local shop somewhat regularly anyway, but I, in 2023, started doing it as part of tabletop journeys. So appearing at local conventions like Drinking and Dragons, more regional-based conventions like King Con in Fall River, Mass. Glenn was there for that as well. Running tables for people outside of our small circle or even our larger Tabletop Journeys online community, but running live at these other events has been very cool. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we also made an appearance at Ellis Con for our second year in a row this year. We were also there twice in 2023, once for a special event that they had, and then another time for their annual convention. Yeah. We made it to a catacon for the first time. And while there, we did a, a live broadcast. Yeah. And we have learned a lot from those experiences gotten a lot from those experiences, made some great connections, wonderful time. I'll let Josh tell the story about our our breakfast uh, (laughs) uh, at the hotel before the first day of the convention. What we learned from that and what we're going to carry into 2024 is more live appearances. So we're going to try to do some more of that, get to some more places, be a part of some more games. They might have gotten two of us, but that was the same night as Drinking and Dragons this year. So I was at Drinking and Dragons and you were at Alice Con. Yeah, so Tabletop Journeys was actually in two different places at (laughs) the same time, running live tables, y'all. These are the things that we did in 2023 that I'm looking forward to expanding on in 2024. So if you live... Local to the New England-ish area, because that's where we are based out of, between two of us being in Connecticut, one of us being in Maine. And you have a con local to you that you'd love for us to come host a game at so that you can sign up for one of our tables. Hey, send it in. Let us know. Yeah. And there, we may there, not have heard of it yet. We may, it may be on our agenda, but we hadn't reached that far. Yeah. If it's doable, we'd love to meet you there. I mean, I know. So there yeah. are two in Maine. There's one coming up in a couple of weeks here called SnowCon up in Bangor that I'm not going to be able to get to. And I, I know the people that run it, and I keep meaning to get up there, and it just never happens. It's always just never on a good weekend. Last year I had a baby. That was last year's excuse. This year is just not going to work out. But there's also another one here closer to me in Portland called FriendCon. That's a relatively new convention that I'm, I've been meaning to try to get to. It t- takes place in April, so I'm hoping to get out there. And there's also, it's not anywhere near me, but it's near where my in-laws live in Vermont is MonsterCon. And that is in 2024. I don't remember what month it's in, but it's in 2024. Yeah, we're looking at both. Yep. So definitely some things on, on, on the docket. And yeah, I have not been to gaming conventions in a really long time. Thank you, COVID. Man, that was so much fun being at a catacomb with the two of you guys, though. That was just a really great time. And let me share the story from breakfast on Saturday mornings. 
it was a Friday morning actually because we both got in Thursday. We morning. both got in late Thursday night. The convention technically began Thursday, but our first day there was Friday. And Limonika and I are in are having breakfast downstairs after after Limonika was enraptured. just totally enraptured by the automatic pancake maker in the hotel, which was a huge selling point. In fact, he, if I remember, you've been to another hotel of that same branch that also had a automatic pancake maker just because it had the automatic pancake maker if i remember correctly. yep so they probably have a forever customer yeah, now yeah, yeah. so we're sitting there we're sitting there eating our breakfast the joy on his face in that picture you took of him was oh my fantastic. goodness it was a thing to behold glenn it really was like that was pretty incredible so we're sitting there eating our breakfast uh, and we're just talking and a voice from across the little dining area there says holy crap you must be liwanika that means you must be josh and we're like Yes. And a friend of the show, Jack, who listens to the show all the time, he comments on uh, stuff on our Discord thread. He's commented on stuff on our Facebook group, like uh, everything like that. We never met him before. He lives outside of the Boston area, apparently. Comments says, Hey, I know you guys. I listen to you guys all the week. And, and he like, looks at Leonica and says, I would know your voice anywhere. <laughs> and you're short, so you must be yeah. Josh. And he's like, Is Glenn here? That is, that's the coolest thing ever, really. Like, I. I don't think that I have ever been like recognized in public. Certainly, it's the first time I've ever been recognized in public for this work from people that didn't know who I was already. But like total stranger who only knew me by the sound of my voice. Here's my voice, and here, let's be honest. Here's Lee Winika's voice because he does have a fairly distinctive set of pipes from across the room. Is wait, I know who these people are, and introduces himself. Amazing! It's just such such a great experience. Like that. That's one that goes down in the in the record books. So. No, that yeah. was the highlight of the trip for me, too, and I wasn't even there that morning. They were staying in the hotel together because they flew, but Trish and I drove down in the RV, so I was actually staying at about half an hour away. But having a fan of our show from Massachusetts happen to run into us at a gaming convention in Ohio, in Ohio. and to be recognized, <laughs> and he was in our live broadcast. Yeah. Yep. He was in our live broadcast while we were there, too. He came up to be part of the audience, and that was really cool and really special. And honestly... That was my first time because I didn't get to go to the convention in Maine where we did a recording in front of a live yep. audience. Yep. My first time doing an actual live, live recording yeah. with a live audience in front of us. And that was really cool and yeah. special for me, too. There is something yeah. about doing um, a live show know, and uh, recording in person, too. Like, there, there's something we are in like disparate parts of the, com of, of the country. Like, we record online because we have to. But there is something magic about being in the same space and kind of being able to bounce ideas yes. off of one another, but also just being able to be in the same space and share the same space was really special and the energy in the room but just yeah. adding the fact that the three of us were in the same space is one thing but then adding in the the audience that we had from jack to the two guys who ran us through we can be heroes and the, the questions we were getting from them all of that just made the whole room was charged yeah. and and it was great yep. yeah meeting the folks from bud stuff games was absolutely enriching i, I We've had a, I've had a number of conversations and chats with them yep. on social media since the event. And we talked a lot after we played in their actual play. Then we did the show and then we talked with them a bit before, uh, after, after the show as well. And I can assure you, I was as enriched by their participation and what they brought to our collective table as what they have said we 
provided for them. That was very reciprocal. There was a lot of give and give. There was no take. It was all give and give in, in that room. And I think that was wonderful. There are lessons to be learned from that as far as how to run games, how to play at games, how to be an audience member, how to be a host for events and how to do this podcasting thing that I, that I picked up and they won't be leaving me anytime soon. It was yeah. just a great experience the, all around. There's a reason that we're going to have them on the show and they're, right. they are great. They're great guys. First of all, their game is super fun. I think that uh, you mm-hmm. folks out there listening, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Glenn one-shotted one of their big bads. Not even on purpose. <laughs> yeah, one of the big bads, yeah. No, I just happened to get their magic crit mechanic, yep. and I happened to get the max on that crit yeah. mechanic. And I don't remember what the villain's name was, but it became like Speed Bump or something. Fine Red Mist, yeah, was that. their name. That was, yeah. But yeah, there's a reason why we're going to have them on the show. Fantastic group of folks. Really excited to go ahead and showcase uh, what they're doing. And we'll be showcasing it during their Kickstarter. So I think that kind of brings me to the last thing that I wanted to go ahead and, and uh, make sure we throw out there is that for folks out there that are going to be doing Kickstarters in 2024, we want to hear from you. We want to showcase you on our show. We want to play your game. I think that I'm not sure that we've ever come right out and said those things in that explicit a manner before, but you're going to be hearing from Awfully Queer Heroes this year because they do six Kickstarters a year. We know that they're going to be on, but other folks out there that are doing crowdfunding campaigns in particular, or even just putting out your indie game, if you want to come on and have three or four or five really seasoned game players play your game, have it on the channel, come on, talk with us, do an interview, have us look at your content, talk about your content. That's what we want to do. So reach out. Email addresses mm-hmm. down in the show notes. You can catch us on Twitter. Yep. You can catch us on Blue Sky. Catch us on Facebook. Wherever you want to catch us. Smoke signal. Carrier pigeon. However you want to catch us. Find us at a convention. Throw us your business card. Whatever. That's what we want to be doing. We want to be talking to you indie content creators, and we want to be showcasing and playing your games. This is a, your official invitation. Yep. Uh, and the one thing I would say, especially if you're doing any kind of ca- crowdfund, is get to us early so we can plan so we can help you and be most effective. The most important thing you can do with a crowdfunding campaign when it comes to being on another show is give them plenty of time to get it recorded, edited, if that's what they do for that show, and that way it can air early in your campaign or middle of your campaign as you need it planned for because we need a little bit of time. Our show typically falls in the about three to four weeks, probably closer to four to five weeks range. Let's quantify it a little bit. Yeah. If I had a Kickstarter that I'm going to, that I'm planning to launch in May, when do I need to talk to us? I would say Four to five weeks is the best situation. That gives us the ability to schedule. That gives us the ability to get it done. And that gives us the ability to put it out as your campaign is launching. That's what you want. That's the golden ticket. But if you want the golden ticket, you got to reach out ahead of it. I was going to say, it doesn't even have to be four or five weeks. I was thinking more like eight weeks, two months, which is why I'm asking. If you know that you're running your Kickstarter in May – Talk to us now and we'll find out when the best time to go ahead and get you on and do that is because time is the name of the game, right? Anytime we can get this, if we can play your game now and have that in the hopper waiting for May to come up, brilliant. Four or five weeks, is, that's like the last minute to go ahead and contact us and, to, and you know, may have to go ahead and switch some things yeah. around. Or, bare minimum. You know, okay. bare, bare yeah, minimum. That's down yeah. to the wire. We might be able to squeeze yep. you in. Yep. We set a realistic picture so we don't have the disappointment. To make it nice and clean for, for everybody. 
four to f- four to five week minimum in order to be able to uh, put something out at the time of your launch. Yeah. Better than that would be two to three months so that we can get you in, get everything done. If anything needs to be worked on, fixed, whatever, we got plenty of time to do that. That will also provide us time to make sure we have the spot open because we are in treating with lots of folks. If three people are launching a Kickstarter at one time, that would be challenging to get all of those on the same week. So early bird will catch the worm, even a tabletop journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, as we wrap up here today, let's go around for favorite memory from 2023. I know I'm always with, with the tough questions, right? Favorite memory from 2023. Glenn, I went to you first last time. Lunika, favorite memory from 2023. My favorite moment for 2023 was meeting Michael and Chris from mm. uh, the RPG Academy. Yep. And uh, when I made this statement, it's like together again for the first time it felt like our three-year journey in podcasting uh has been uplifted by all the work over the past multiple years that michael and his team have been doing their thing paving the way for us i won't say young but us upstarts to get into this business (laughs) going to Ohio, meeting them in person, shaking hands, sharing hugs, talking in person face-to-face was just awesome. I really felt that we've been doing a thing and we've been being a business and we've been being professionals at this for a while, but I felt in that moment like this is it. This is what I really have been wanting to do and needing to do for my entire life. I met the folks that kind of inspired me and they were there and we were doing a thing together and it was an honor to be able to run a game at that event and i can't wait till next year and i can't wait for the years that follow it is an event i will always want to go to because of what it has meant to me as a gamer as a podcaster as a member of the ttrpg community yep don't want to add a thing brilliant answer Mine is similar because um, I was torn between a couple of things, but in the end, it's very much that my time at a catacon, aside from being an amazing trip to spend with the two of you, but my time at a catacon to me was the ammunition that I'm going to carry in my tool belt to fight imposter syndrome because that weekend, just the feeling that I got about being not just a part of the tabletop role-playing community, but being a podcaster, a content creator, a professional, while still experiencing, because this is important to me, it's what I'm trying to build into my professional life, while still experiencing the joy of my hobby, running the tables that I ran of Monster of the Week for the folks that signed up. Honestly, the feeling that I got doing that live broadcasted show, we were all sitting at a table with actual people in front of us, and just the energy of the room and the, the whole magical experience by the end of it. It was like, yeah, we are tabletop journeys. We are a thing. We are for real. Yep. There are people here who knew us before we got here. And now as we're leaving, there are a lot more people yep. that know of us now. And that feeling was pretty incredible. Yeah. 
here, yeah, here. I will echo what you said also about running a game at a catacon because I got to run a brand new Star Trek module that I wrote with people that did not know me, just wanted to play Star Trek. And most of them never even played the system before. They just wanted to play in a Star Trek universe. And the best compliment that I received from everybody there was how it didn't feel like traditional Star Trek, but it was still a lot of fun Mm -hmm. because I went really out of the box in a really bizarre direction with this. And it's one of those things that like, I wasn't totally sure that it was going to work. I I will be honest. I, I was genre blending Star Trek and Cthulhu a little bit for that like dark horror. And I wasn't sure it was going to work. I felt like it would. I thought that the mechanics were really going to be in my favor and they absolutely were in exactly the way that I wanted them to be. I was really glad that it worked and that and how receptive they were to it. That was really fantastic. A catacon was an amazing experience. Everything you guys have said is absolutely true and I echo all of it. Just for a little bit of diversity, I'm going to go a different direction and not talk about, about a catacon is my favorite moment. I'm going to talk about when we were able to bring Jason Ward and Jason Piercy back from Accidental Cyclops to talk about, mm. not only reminisce about our first real big actual play when we did the real thing, but also what they're doing right now. I guess it's successfully completed now, but with Angel Dust and King for a Day, the next installments of that game. having That was one of those interviews that we sat down and started recording, and after an hour and a half, it was like, oh, crap, wait, we actually need to go ahead and wrap this up here and make it somehow a, a cogent episode because this, this interview could go on for another two hours. And that was the same way that playing yes. the game with them was also. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but like when we yeah, recorded yeah. with them, those sessions were really long because they were super in-depth. Yes, we were all fun. like super into oh, it. Yeah, like that was, again, uh, it was one of my favorite moments because it reminded me of that moment from when I feel like we first made a big turn in like in the show and everything like that. I, that's what I want to go. I want to go ahead and talk about. I might've been able to jump on board of that as a favorite memory, because if you will recall, I tried hard to force the AP of their (laughs) game because we had such an amazing (laughs) time the first time. And I know schedules were tight and that's why, but I got the door slammed on my fingers (laughs) over and over again. It's such a painful memory. I can't believe you brought it up. No, it was amazing. I I loved having them back on. We could sit down and talk to the Jasons all day. Yeah, quick shout out to Mike from 19 Hits the Dragon for his involvement in the first AP with The Real Thing. Stanley was. Yeah, Mike, been a friend of ours since the beginning, pretty close to the beginning of this thing. That that won't change. Good times. And to both both the Jasons, Ford and Piercy, man, the game you have made is brilliant and the game that was run for us brilliant i've done a lot of single kickstarters i have never put as much cash into a single kickstarter as i did for angel dust and king for that is the biggest spend that is the biggest spend i've ever done on a kickstarter and 90 percent of that reason is there is no way I could have gotten less than what I yeah. got. If I could have stretched for a little more, I would have. But I, I would have been angry at myself and the universe if I yeah, did if not get at tier. least what I got. That's and that's the sign of a of an absolute amazing only, kick, yeah. kickstart. But honestly, some of our favorite memories, even though we really focused on a catacomb while we were mentioning mentioning others, and we're all cheating. Um, <laughs> come from the games we've brought people yeah. in to play with us. Oh, we played the 
burn 2d6 the system yeah. we played what we decided to name bullets and bang tails that yes. 1920s yep. kind of cthulhu kind of occult, uh, yeah. investigative kind of yep. adventure that was a lot of fun that was, such a I fun mean, that, that was an amazing time i'm sitting there with an internet page of 20s slang open pulling out things <laughs> like shake your getaway sticks we gotta get out of here that was such a great yeah. time yep. yeah and anytime we get to sit down and play to play together is always sure. amazing yeah. that's why josh that's was saying hey independent creators <laughs> yeah we want to play with you we want to play with you yep, yep. absolutely i i think one of the my favorite games and i'm so happy to hear that this successfully kickstarted just a couple months ago but the when we had crystal norton come on to play it to run a game of a divine calling that kind of pseudo high school magic academy yes, we went to prom oh my god that yep. was just so much fun it's one of those things that like when you yeah. first look at the premise like i'm, I'm looking at the premise eh, okay sure we'll play the thing like i'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll be a good time it was way more fun than i actually thought that it was going to be and so that really says something about it the sure system was. that like it, that it was that good yeah, in 2022, I want to give a powerful mention to Babies and Broadswords because oh, that was the one yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought going into it, okay, I guess this could be fun. My thought going in is we're always going to have fun at a game table. I did not expect to have as much fun so as we ridiculous, had. Like, it blew yeah. me away, the amount of fun. And I think with Divine, a Divine Calling was the same thing. I expected us to have fun because when we game, we have fun. That's what we do. Yeah. That's who right. we yeah. are. We are role players. We are gamers. We will have fun. The amount of fun and how that kind of played out far surpassed my wildest imaginations. And that's a sign of a great game. As we're talking about these other games that we got to play from other creators, I have one more what's your favorite moment from 2023 to ask you guys. And I'll give you mine. Since the OGL Catalyst, and we really branched strongly away from... 5e not just in terms of content but trying to master other systems because we're also content creators and running games for our patreons and our private games and at conventions so we've all been learning a lot of other games right and i know we all have done a lot with modifius so aside from modifius not because modifius isn't awesome but because we could all pick that one what's your favorite new system that you've learned this year and mine is Monster of the Week, powered by the Apocalypse build. It has been a blast. I ran it at a catacon. I ran it at Drinking and Dragons. I've run it for uh, my family twice. I'm setting up another game next month. It might become an occasional Patreon game. We've really gotten into the Powered by the Apocalypse games the last couple of years, and Monster of the Week running like a uh, supernatural, Buffy-style horror sitcom ish all at the same time rolled into one love it i'll go next just because mine is easy i happen to it's right it's actually it's in the box right behind me here it's a game that i picked up off of kickstarter i've been diving into this a lot it's a 19 again like pulpy 1920s mech game called salvage union absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant Uh, i haven't talked about it a lot on the show yet but you'll talk about folks that I'm trying to get on the show to go ahead and talk about Salvage Union and run a game for us, they are very much on my list. So I'm hoping to get them on. Because of the, you can't say Star Trek rule that you emplaced unfairly, I would say, I will say this. I'm going to say this because 
favorite new game system that I learned in 2023. And I haven't learned it fully or completely. That was just a watershed moment at the table for me as far as the new game that I played is definitely We Can Be Heroes by Bud Stuff Games. That moment was amazing for me. I just had so much fun and I just want to get into those characters and that system and do the role play aspect. So looking we did forward a single to the full encounter IP. scenario because it was a play test. But everything in that scenario made me want to role play those characters. Yep. Yep, and I think that's the key. Like, if you have a an encounter that makes you want to role play, yeah, you've done something special. Yep. Team over there, great job. Yep. That that's my favorite new game system of 2023. The cheat for me is this: I actually learned Star Trek in 2022. I just didn't get the chance to run it <laughs> until 2023. Ah. Uh, that that's how I'm going to get out of putting Star Trek against anything else because <laughs> yeah. it is what it yep. is. I like it. I will say this. One of my favorite moments in gaming from 2023 was in the the very first episode that I ran for Star Trek Preservations. And that was when our the Delamas Christians ship engineer, Lieutenant Tanari, just dropped his phaser, hopped from behind cover, and went at the Romulan attackers with his Ushan blades. He's an Andorian played by Dave Amazing. That was a moment that just sticks in my head and was so cinematographic. I see it yeah. every time I think about Tenari's it. Tanari's a great I character. I see the corridor. He's a great And it character. was all done through theater of the mind. There was no, we didn't have any maps or whatever there or whatever. It was all theater of the mind. But it was absolutely – and he did it a couple different times during the course of season one. A few spoilers yeah, there. I was about to but say, very he, first did time he did that in the brain asteroid, like, man. Najar didn't have the information that, to know this that was, was a pattern moment. of behavior. He would never have given him the damn phaser <laughs> rifle in the first place. Yeah. Put it on the ground and went after the guy with a knife. I'm like, why did he give you the freaking rifle? Andorians don't care. Okay. They will do yeah. what they got to do. It was that singular moment that I realized this was a game for yep. me forever. Like, I will always be playing this game. Yep. And it was because the game allowed that amount of fun in that yep. moment and it was awesome so that was my favorite gaming moment all right gentlemen let us put a lid on 2023 uh Fantastic episode, uh, fantastic year. Really looking forward to next year. Everybody out there on the channel, next week we are going to do our infamous or infamous blooper episode. We have one every year. All of the things that happened on the show, not excuse me, not all the things that weren't fit for radio because there's Most some things that stay in the blackmail file, <laughs> but things that were not fit for radio at the time that the episode came out. <laughs> yeah, so things that were not fit for radio at the time that the, the episode came out, box. but you know, now we're to the end of the year and we need a little bit of content. So we're going to go ahead and put out a bloopers episode. They're always fun. I have a ton of fun putting them together. So I'm really looking forward to, and we were, we were actually worried because we were getting pretty good at this podcasting thing. And about halfway through or three quarters through the year, man, we don't have very much for the blooper episode until we realized that Lee Wanika and I had independent lists of them and we're storing them in different ways. <laughs> so, so we've got plenty <laughs> for this year's episode. As far as bloopers go, they're going to be a lot of fun. There's some neat things. The truth is fun was had by all. But not all needs to have all the fun. <laughs> right, exactly. I think yeah. it's probably the best yep. way to phrase that. <laughs> Don't forget, too, also this coming Tuesday on the 26th, the day after Christmas, Boxing Day as it will, the season finale episode of Star Trek Reservations comes out. That'll be uh, a good time as always. Gentlemen, thank you very much uh, for joining me tonight. Thank you very much for joining me every week. Thank you very much for an awesome 2023. And 
I'm uh, really looking forward to next year. Until then, I will not talk to you next week. I think our f- next recording date is like a month from now. Everybody out there, happy holidays, happy, safe new year, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, you'll be hearing uh, you'll be hearing content all the way through here, but we'll be back in the new year. That's the best way to sign off. I will just say, echo Josh's statements, happy holidays to everybody. Enjoy. If you're looking for last minute stocking stuffers or little New Year's gifts, I don't know if anybody does that, but hey, why not? Don't hesitate to go to FanRoll Dice and pick up a set of FanRoll Dice. We, you get a really nice discount from Tabletop Journeys and enjoy your holidays all. Right. It's been great. 2023 has been so much fun. Thank you for inviting us into your homes, cars, cell phones, Wherever you listen to us, it's been a pleasure and an honor to be a voice that you spend time with. May your days be merry and bright. See you in 2024. Good night, all. Good night. (laughs) Later. Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com, where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast. You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, Tumblr, or Instagram at TT Journeys, joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys, or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. Our full episodes come out every week on Friday, and every Tuesday features actual play and gameplay showcase episodes. Looking for early access? You can support the show and get episodes before everyone else at www.patreon.com forward slash TT Journeys. Check it out today and see all the awesome benefits we bring to our supporters. Lastly, if you're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible, you would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And we bid you fair tides, friends, for legends await. <laughs>